0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Echoes of Ellen. For our
1: third episode, we have none other than David Scar Carpenter. David's past bands include False Idol, Trend Kill Clinic, The Razorblade Dolls, Designed in Chaos, Circle Burn, and currently Lotus Throat. He's opened for the likes of Mindless Self-Indulgence, Wayne Static, Frontline Assembly, Combat Christ, Thrill Kill Cult, Prong, Front 242, Jenna Torturers, Atari Teenage Riot, Powerman 5000, and many more. I kind of struggle to place Scar's music into a certain genre. Great production, metallic chugging guitars, Laced with electronica and industrial goodness, that kind of also sounds like a VHS copy of Hellraiser 2 Hellbound that you found in an abandoned nine systems factory that's been remodeled by Al Jurgensen and Tim Burton. But anyway, that's enough of my rambling. Let's go ahead and get straight to it. Perfect timing. That was perfect. Yep. Yeah. So, what's up, man? How I'll go watch. Yeah. Um, Just right off the bat, man, I wanted to say uh, I really dig in what you're. I just wanted to jump right out and say that I really like what you're doing with Lotus Throat. Oh, I went through and kind of, yeah. Once you sent me the uh, the uh, what was it the Bandcamp link, yeah. Like I found it on YouTube, but there was there was just the one song, which was cool. But then I went really further down the rabbit hole on Bandcamp, and uh, yeah, right up my alley. Love that kind of stuff, man. Great. Yeah, the guitars are great, man. Your guitar tones are awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Really. Real, that's really that really uh, jackson guy. soloist what's that that's, a, that's that jackson soloist that i that i play on oh. yeah <laughs> my uh nice. my uncle custom built that guitar for me so it's got yeah it's uh got nice. special pickups and everything in it so
1: so you're uh so he's like a luthier or something he's like a he does custom work that's awesome
0: he, I mean, he does, but that's not what he does for a living or anything. Right. The hobby, yeah.
1: Yeah. A hobby that he's really good at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, I usually start out asking folks, like, if you can kind of maybe uh, tell us a little bit, if you remember your first memories of Elm, like, maybe the first show that really kind of that really struck with you when like, stuck with you, when you went back home, you know, you couldn't stop thinking about it. Like, you know what the, maybe the first band was that really got you kind of, you know, thinking about considering going down there and doing that yourself, you know, something that really inspired you.
0: Well, uh, the, uh, when, the very first band that I've ever seen perform in Elam it was at trees. And it was about 92. I was 14 or 15. I think I was 15. And, uh, I followed a bunch of skinheads through the back door of trees and it was Brutal Juice, this band, Brutal Juice. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was the first band, like, you know, that, that was the first, you know, live, like local club scene band. now, like I'd been to, but prior to that, I had been to one big concert. It was Steve Miller and Lou Graham, which was my (laughs) very first concert. It was supposed to be Motley Crue. But somehow I ended up going and seeing um, Steve Miller and Lou Graham. But as far as like the club scene in Ellum, uh, it was at Trees. It was Brutal Juice.
1: Brutal Juice at Trees. That's awesome. Yeah. For some reason, I have a memory that sticks in my mind with them. I don't know a lot about Brutal Juice, but I remember an image of like a an album cover with a guy screaming. He's maybe like in a suit. And then the other half of his face is maybe like a gorilla or something.
0: Yeah, man, I or could tell age. you.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, like that's that one like cover image that sticks out. Uh, one of, one of my favorites um, at the time when I was a teenager, the age you're talking about around 14 or 15, somebody gave me an ugly mustard tape. Oh yeah. And man. Yeah. I remember at the time, you know, I'd heard Metallica and, you know, Slayer and stuff, you know, but, um, I remember hearing "Jesus Built My Hot Rod" and then that ugly mustard tape, like somewhere around the same time, yeah, in the early to mid '90s, and really, really digging, you know, that industrial sound, and then going even further with Nine Inch Nails and Skinny Puppy, and you know, finding the rest of it after that. Yeah, it definitely started right there with uh, "Jesus Built My Hot Rod" and uh, and the other one, Ugly Mustard. Yeah, I was talking about local bands. Yeah, yeah. mustard was awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, they they were killer.
1: I'm looking at when false idol was active and you guys would have been active right around the same time period as them. Right. I mean, well, like,
0: there was, there was two, two versions of false idol. So that's right. You're telling the me that. first version yeah. was when I was in high school. Um, and I was, you know, just learning how to play. I was about 13 when we started that band. Um, and it lasted till I was about 18. And then, um, I took about a three year stint off of music. Um, was doing some stuff that I won't get into, but it, it distracted me from life, period. It was not really good stuff. But when I came more clear headed and straightened my life up, I got back into music and I restarted Falsidel, but the music was different and it was like a whole different group of guys. Um, the first version of Falsodle, you know, we were kind of more influenced by, like, Crocus and uh, Pantera and Danzig, um, bands like that. Um, the second version of Falsodle, I was trying to make it an industrial project, and that the second version was about 2000, maybe. 99 about 99 to it lasted from like 99 to 2002 and um i was trying to make it like an industrial project but i just couldn't find you know the right people that were into what i wanted and it ended up becoming more or less like a uh, groove like new metal band um and we played galaxy club a lot um like there, there, was a, a, there was a place over off hey, I, Walnut and Audelia. It was, uh, gosh, used to go there all the time. Really familiar, Walnut and Audelia. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the hole in, like in the wall. Oh,
1: what's, what's that? I said, was it like in a little shopping center yes. or something?
0: Yes, it was. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it though. Yeah, I, it's on. The t- I used yeah. to go there all the time. But anyway, that's, you know, pretty much. Yeah. We, I mean, that, that the second version of Falsaddle, we were building some tractions. Uh, we were winning. Like, back then, you know, it's, you had to play it on Wednesday night. You know, you didn't get just a weekend gig. You had to play it on Wednesday night. And then when you started bringing people on a Wednesday night, then they'd move you to a Thursday. And then if you could do good on a Thursday night um, as a headliner – then they would put you as an opener slot uh, for bigger bands, like, you know, on a Friday or Saturday. And basically we ended up winning a bunch of Battle of the Bands. We got a recording done through Jason uh, Camley. Um He did uh, Finger Licking Good. He did the bass line for Finger Lickin' Good on uh, Revolting Cox, which was Ministry, one of Ministry's side projects. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, we ended up opening up for a band called Push Monkey, who were doing, they were doing really good. And then the band just kind of dissipated. And that's when I was like, I'm going to pull on into, uh, what I want to do industrial music wise. And at that point I was living at DLP, uh, the one that was on Singleton and Sylvan area. Uh, oh, man, I yeah, I yeah, lived there for yeah. about two years, and uh,
1: you are a brave soul. <laughs> yeah.
0: Especially on there, like bro. New Year's and Fourth of July. Oh my goodness, man! The neighborhood yeah. would come out firing their guns up in there. Man, I, it was crazy. But I, that's okay, kind of where I started honing room. my my sound in more. Right.
1: With yeah. That place. DLP. Yeah, we had a room there briefly. I think somewhere around. God, it must have been, like, 2000, 2001. We weren't there for very long, though. I remember, like, we were real close to South 40's room. Yeah. You remember South used to play there?
0: Yeah. yeah. I, that's about the time that we, we rehearsed there, around that time. Okay. Uh, I think I was... Yeah, I was living there around that time. Okay. Uh, upstairs, all the way down. Lived across... In fact, when I moved into my room, uh, <clears throat> Mayhem... Uh, he was moving out of his room, you know, mayhem, the uh, dime bags, bodyguard. Yeah. He, he was yeah. moving out of his room and he had asked me to help him. He he said, I'll give you a keg of beer if you help me move my bed frame downstairs. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, oh man, that's, that's awesome. That's no problem. And so I'll go into his yeah. room. His bed frame was yeah. a drum riser, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bro, but he was a he was a really cool guy
1: mayhem yeah i miss daryl so much god i'll probably say that on every episode because i do i miss daryl every day uh <sighs> um trend kill clinic um i, I kind of like to move chronologically here through that it oh, looks yeah. like on tranquil clinic you know this looks like false idol ended in 2002 and Trinkel started around that same time. Mm-hmm. You guys picked up from the ashes of False Idol, I guess.
0: Yeah, you know, me and Hells were doing the music and, you know, it was all in, we were using samplers and drum machines and I was playing guitar. We wanted a bass player. We couldn't find a bass player, but we found my, our friend Blaine, who Hells and I both grew up with. And so, um, we brought Blaine in to play guitar and I moved to bass. And so that run of Trendkill Clinic, I played bass. But then Blaine ended up quitting. And around that time, I met um, Raw Stitches, who her and this girl, L. Chaos, joined Trendkill Clinic. And uh, the sound completely changed. Hells went from singing to backup vocals and playing guitar and uh i went back to guitar and raw played bass and um l sang and ron who is the singer for lotus throat was orig- he started out as keyboards and nathan hewitt from holocaust humanity played drums but nathan ended up leaving and ron went to drums and um during that time period uh, you know, we were doing really good. We were playing Clearview a lot, opening up for, like, Shadow Rock and Stein, um, Maltoro, which was like an offshoot of uh, Ghoul Town, um, playing Clearview a lot. Um, but uh, around that time, there was this, this guy, this kid, and uh, he kept – he was at every Trinkill Clinic show, and finally at one of our shows, he walked up to me and said, Scar, Scar i love what you do man and i want i, I want to sing in a band i can i just let me send you you know a sample of what i do and so i sent him a song that i had written off on the side that was a little more because the second version of Trinkill clinic was kind of this pseudo rockabilly pseudo like this fake rockabilly fake punk rock with some industrial undertones you know um nice. It was kind of our own thing, you know, but I had written this song. that was more industrial metal, more like God flesh ministry kind of stuff. And I mm-hmm. sent it to this kid and he, what he sent back blew my mind. And so as a side project, I started the Razorblade dolls and that kid was Chris Smith. Um, so what ended okay. up happening is, um, Ron, who was the drummer for trendkill clinic, Hell's Raw, myself. Uh, And at the time, this guy, uh, I can't remember his real name, but I know he went by uh, Iconoclast or something. Uh, I brought him in. He wasn't really a musician, but he was a cool guy at the time. Uh, Mm. We started Razorblade Dolls as a side project. And that kind of didn't set well with some people. And Trent Clinic ended up imploding. And we just went with Razorblade Dolls full-time, so it was uh, Ron, who not only was the drummer in Trendkill Clinic, but he was actually the drummer in my very first band, False Idol, in high school. And Raw, who was in Trendkill Clinic, and Hells, who, uh, he was in in a little bit of the second False Idol when it was kind of ending in... We had some other little offshoot projects we tried to start that really aren't worth mentioning because we never recorded or wrote any songs under those names. Right. Um, but he was, you know, original. So basically, it was members of Falcito and Trinkill Clinic that we started the Razorblade Dolls with uh, the vocalist uh, Chris Smith. And we had that band for a very long time.
1: Sounds like. Uh... So going from False Idol to Trinkill Clinic, you mentioned that you always wanted to add that sampler and electronic element to it, but you, you didn't have that yet. Not That's in False how first... I'm
0: sorry? Not not in False Idol, but we did have it in Trinkill Clinic.
1: In Trin-Kill, you once you made that transition to Trinkill Clinic, you were able to get the samplers and the synths and keyboards and stuff and start adding that those textures. That's how it was for me. My first band, it was just strings drums and a microphone you know there was nothing beyond that um i remember going and and i remember going to guitar center and looking at like a a roland 808 you remember those oh i've got one yeah i still got one one? what Uh, color is it the black one or black and orange nice nice that's rad dude
0: and then i have uh i also have the boss sp 505 sweet yeah and uh, I still have like an old school micro Korg. And, but you know, the, a lot of stuff that, because like with the Razorblade Dolls, we never had a live keyboard player because it was, you know, <clears throat> all this. Well, the first album, I used micro Korg. I used Vol, the, the Vol beats, the Korg Vol beats. I used a, I used a Boss DR five. You know, really? yeah. Do you know what that is?
1: It sounds Boss DR five. Is that sounds like a stomp box?
0: Is it's, it? Is no, it like it's, a, it's a, like, a little black drum machine. But it's but you can oh, do okay. instruments and stuff on it. I've still got that too, man. <laughs> wow. But, um, okay,
1: so you're you're one of those guys. You still got like all that old gear from back then. You I got a lot everything. of
0: it. Yeah, I've got a nice. lot of it. That's great. But um. The, the first the first razor blade doll album I, I wrote most of the keyboard stuff on outboard keyboard equipment minus there's like two songs i wrote on fruity loops you know um nice. and, uh the ron he wrote the wrist um and we did that on a korg uh Triton. yeah we did that on a Korg Triton. um the second album, though, was pretty much all VSTs, man. Every Like, I've been using okay. Cubase for nearly 20 years now. Um, right. But back then, I was still kind of learning it. But it was a, all VSTs. And I never wanted a keyboard player live on stage. I really didn't because they're they're pompous assholes, really. I know I am one. That's <laughs> <laughs> a joke. I but the point is, is, it was much easier just mm-hmm. to write perform and record all of our keyboard parts and put them on tape and, but we still had a real band, two guitar players, bass player, drummer, and singer, you know, and yeah. we just, we always had to have a drummer that could play to a click track to, to follow the keyboards.
1: Right. Dude, I was looking at the list of people that you had opened up for, and I was like, it, it's just, I mean, hit after hit man i mean it really is it's like a lot of killer stuff there uh mindless self indulgence wayne static frontline assembly Combo christ thrill kill cult front 242 jenna torturers atari teenage riot power man 5000 you did mayhem fest oh prong yeah i mean prong yeah god yeah i mean i I, that's a that's quite a quite a list there but i really wanted to ask about prong Uh, first you know first and foremost i want to ask about your experience uh, playing a show with those guys oh man i mean awesome.
0: we didn't to be honest with you we really didn't get to um <clears throat> converse with like tommy victor too much Oh, okay. you know so i mean he was on the bus you know he sat on the ah, bus they played their right. show he was back but as far as the show the show went over well that was designed in chaos
1: designed in chaos yeah. okay
0: which was Which that was also a side project. It, I, I actually created that band as a joke. Um, nice. Because when I created the whole idea for the band, I was really drunk, and I used to get really, uh, used to get really angry. I, I used to not be that great of a person. Babe, <laughs> um, therapy helps. But I can so
1: relate to that man. Yeah, Believe me, so, I, can't, I can relate.
0: But I was really drunk and really angry uh, at somebody in another band. And I was like, well, I can do what they do, you know, and I'm just going to create this band. And I was like, what am I going to – and I was like, dick, dick. And then I was like, holy shit, I just designed all this in chaos. You know, I kind of came to and I was like – I looked over at my bass player at the time and I was like, holy shit, I just designed this whole thing in chaos. And it clicked in my head, spelled chaos with a K, D-I-K. Dick designed in chaos. So the audience always like was always like, Dick, Dick, Dick. You know? okay. But um that was basically all the members of the Razorblade Dolls minus the singer. We uh, got a okay. different singer for that band. Um
1: and that ran twenty thirteen to twenty seventeen. Okay.
0: Yeah. But so, like,
1: all during so like basically the whole time Razorblade dolls was going on well, right in the middle they're, of all.
0: Razorblade Dolls did stop for a couple of years, but but then we just, we started back and then there was some stuff that happened and, um, members changing. And then I just kind of got like, where I was like, man, it's just not the same because it wasn't the same, you know, by the very end of the Razorblade Dolls, uh, my 17 year old son, who's now, twenty one and in Lithuania for the army. Um but at the time he was 17 and he was drumming for us. And uh oh wow yeah and then uh we had Nick Klinger who was in a band called Just Another Monster. He was playing bass for us. And uh but it just what it was good. We had fun. We opened for three T once um as the Razorblade dolls and we opened for him once as Design and Chaos too. Um, no, no, I take that back. It was both times with Razorblade Dolls. Uh, but anyway, um, and I just three kinda...
1: teeth. Is that the is three teeth? The President X? Yeah. Is that them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's a banger. That's yeah, they're a, a good band, time. dude.
0: They're a really good band. They, they kind of just came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I love their I, I love their work, but their first album, that's to me, that was like the epitome of industrial metal. Like it was just such a killer, it wasn't overproduced and it was, it was raw, you know, it was raw and in your face, you know, just, it kicked ass, dude, it was just kicked ass. It was anti-commercial yeah. and
1: they blew me away as well. Whenever I saw them, I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, I remember being knocked out by them and I hadn't, I hadn't been impressed like that in quite a while by the yeah. band they were probably like within the last decade, they're one of like a handful of bands that really blew me away. Oh, three teeth yeah. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. We didn't even touch on that one, I guess, when I listed off some all the people y'all you had opened for. Uh we didn't even touch on three teeth, yeah. actually. I'm glad you brought that up. <clears throat> and then what about Circle Burn? I see Circle Burn is twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one. That's an awesome name too. I yeah. love that
0: name. Uh Evie come up with that name, actually. Um, Evie was, uh, Evie's the mother of my son, my five-year-old son, Kason that you probably see me always talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He's awesome. <clears throat> he's got a band, too, now called Spooky Stuff.
1: <laughs> I've seen his drum set. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, anyway, it was, I, with Circle Burn, I uh, I wanted to do something different. And so instead of making a more, it, there was originally, there was no guitars, man. It was all keyboards, but I had written the songs in a punk rock format, but using keyboards. So it was, it was interesting. it was pretty cyberpunk actually. Um, but not what most people think of cyberpunk. Most people, when you think cyberpunk, that they think synth wave and shit like that is, I think, I may, I may, I may be wrong about that, but, what we were doing was taking like a punk rock format, but it was all synthesizer. So we played a few shows and, um, again, um, I, I started to not feel it. So I brought guitar back and, it, and, and again, stuff kind of happened, you know, um, this normal life stuff that gets in the way of people's lives. and, So, she actually is going to keep Circle Burn. Um, I think she's in the process of finding uh, some new members, but we are going to release, we have a whole album that Ron, because Ron was also in Circle Burn. Ron is the singer for Lotus Throat, Ron Good. Uh, But he was also in Circle Burn. And him and I had written a bunch of music for Circle Burn. Um, him and I, we work. Uh, it's, you know, if if you ever find someone that you just click with musically, don't let that go, man. Because him and I have that. Like we're just on the same page. And sure, we'll bump heads, raise our voices at each other. Yeah, but then we play grab ass and it's over with and we're laughing and the song's <laughs> completed, you know, and we're right. both happy. But that's just a trial. What is it? Trial and tribulations. Of, that's of, so of- true.
1: It's special when you find someone like that, you have that connection with, mm-hmm. I feel like the guys in who I was in some sorrow with and nowadays we're in the band thieves together. Um, particularly the drummer, Ed. I'm the bass player, so me and the drummer—I mean, we've we've been playing together for twenty plus years now, and I mean, ten years could go by, but we could still just walk into a room after that ten years, and it would just click right in, and it's like we never left. But so you, you were know, at Summara, yeah. I, yeah, I, was the I bass feel player. like we played shows yeah. with you at Curtain Club. I'm, we did, dude. We probably did quite a bit. It's mm-hmm. been twenty years, you know, so the, my memory's <laughs> definitely foggy on some of that, but yeah, we we. We played... I think we played several shows together. Um, but uh, I was I was in some sorrow. If I'm not trying to think. Let's see. It was 2002 to 2005. That's when I was in the uh, band.
0: I think... <laughs> I think... Um, Trink Hill <clears throat> Clinic may have. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, may have been after the time you, right here, May have been after you had left or something. It would have been Trink
1: Hill Clinic. It would have been right in that time period. Yeah. But... Small world, though. I mean, all the places, all the people that you're mentioning. I mean, I know just about all of them. So,
0: is that Jesus dabbing back there on that picture behind you? On the, it looks like. Is that Jesus doing a dab back there? (laughs) You know the dab. What is that? Oh, right here. No, no, the picture.
1: Oh, oh, right here. Yes, that's uh, Pamela Voorhees.
0: Oh, (laughs) really?
1: Yeah, from Part Three, uh, coming out of the lake. She's got a sweater on. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, it's, I don't know uh, anything about Jason.
1: Right, right, yeah. It's from one of the NECA uh, soft goods figures where it actually has the cloth on it. Oh, man, that's rad. Nice. Yeah.
0: Replica. I did have it hanging on the picture, but Kason likes to wear it around the house, so I took it down so he could. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah, my daughter, she's, she's nine years old, but she loves
1: monster movies as well. She yeah. loves all that stuff. She's not freaked out by it, you know, she's drawn to it just like I was from a young age, you know. And I try to take it with the special effects angle with her. Yeah. You know, and tell her, because she's so into it. I'm like, you know, it's a magic trick, you yeah. know. That's the way Tom Savini always explained it, right? Yeah.
0: That's um, what I tell Kayson, It's just makeup.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that makes it more fun anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean But yeah, that's old Pamela back there. And I I do have uh, Professor X dabbing. Check this out. I'll see if I can get him in frame here real quick. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Um, So. Okay. Um, So he was in Circle Burn, Lotus Throat. And then you said also going back to False Idol. Right? Yeah. Uh, my high yeah. school days.
0: Right. So, okay. I've known oh, yeah. him and I have been working on music together for 30 something years.
1: Wow, mm-hmm. that's so awesome, dude! That you had that connection for that long—that's mm-hmm. great, man. So, what? Um, how did? Tell me a little bit. Tell me about Lotus Throat. I mean, I'm definitely, I definitely been waiting to get to that one and see how that, how the inception of that came about.
0: Well, Lotus uh, Throat, Lotus Throat is actually Ron's baby. It was his creation. Um, it's our it's our baby now, but. It's something that he created and although he, do, he, he doesn't play guitar and he, he can play keyboards and of course he's a drummer, um, but he doesn't play like guitar and bass very well, um, but he can hear guitar riffs and stuff in his head. And so the first couple of songs, you know, he came and hummed some parts to me and we hashed it out. And wrote the songs, and I just was loving what was going on. And um, so we've been sitting on it for a couple of years, man. And um, so finally I was like, dude, we got to get this out there, you know. So we started really, like, trying to kick it into gear. And then when we decided we were going to go live with it, we um, had met this guy, Michael Clausen. He was in a band called uh, Void... uh, but was it Terror Void uh Complex? Terror Void Complex. I'm sorry, Michael. Uh Terror Void Complex. Um but anyway, in Yeah. But, up. but he's a he's um he was the singer for that band and a songwriter for that band. Um he was it was actually him and this guy Michael who now has a band called Swarm.
1: Yeah, I yeah. just played a show with them uh like last month. Yeah, yeah so I played it, at a-
0: um, yeah. But they they had ended Terravoid Complex and because um, Michael was really wanting to do Mike was really wanting to do Swarm, which is you know cool, you know. Um, but anyway, so I grabbed Michael Clawson and was like, "Hey man, we need a, a second live guitar player because we, we don't use a live drummer or a live bass player. It's our drums. Right. We don't use loops. There's no pre-made loops. Everything that you're hearing on these backing tracks." Is us playing on a Yamaha electric drum kit, or something we programmed. The bass lines are all me playing bass, or Michael playing bass. Because what's cool, we met Michael. Michael's also a songwriter, and um, and he can also record at home and shit. So he's man, he's been kicking out some killer, fucking songs, dude. And um, and I'm all about it, you know. So it's for the longest a lot of that weight was on my back. Like, I mean, if, if I wasn't sitting in my computer almost every other night working on music, the, the these bands that we've had throughout these years wouldn't have had as many songs. Now, I'm not saying that my songs were the hits. Um, we, I wrote some really good ones, um, but this guy, Michael... Dude, he, he's got this one song that he, just, he has just written and we're about to incorporate into our set, and it fucking blows my mind. I can't wait to play it. So it's a relief to me to, to finally have that connection with another guitar player, because in the past, the other guitar players were just playing what I had written. With the, with the exception of Chris Telks, who was the lead guitar player for Razorblade Dolls for a long time after Hell's left, um, and he's from the band Nocturne. Uh, he was also on BitRot. Um, he basically did... He was also our producer, so he produced those first two Razorblade Doll albums. Okay. Um, in fact, the drummer from Swarm was also in Razorblade Dolls for a little bit because Ron had left Razorblade Dolls for just a little bit. Um, but so now with Lotus Throat... Uh, it's me and Ron and Michael, and we have this chemistry just that I've never experienced before. It's, you know, sure, I've had a chemistry with other people, but this, what we have now, it's, it's just really blowing my mind with what's coming out, you know. You know, you got me riding, you got Ron riding, you got Michael riding, and then on top of that, you got the three of us riding together. So it's a very eclectic sound, really. It's not it is, yeah. It's not just one sound, you know.
1: You can tell y'all are all coming from different places, but it all converges right at the right place. Yeah, yeah. it sounds really cool all together. I'm digging it for sure. I can't wait to play a show with you guys. I'm really looking forward to that. Actually,
0: well, you know, I'm <clears> I'm um, I'm bringing back this event that I used to host. Back in uh, like 2013, well, 2015 to 17, it's called Deep Elm Industrial Night. I'm bringing this back, um, so I'll get with you when we're not doing this, and we'll talk.
1: I mean, if you want to touch on that a little bit, talk about that, go right ahead. Well, I just
0: mean as far as booking you. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Mm. I pretty much got the first show booked. Um, I'm not going to, well, the headliner is going to be this band called Spank the Nun. And then okay. um, I got my friend Jeff Pollard. He goes by Legs. He's a DJ, but he's a mus- also like a musician. He does very experimental stuff. He's going to be the DJ that night. And supposed to be mm-hmm. uh, Requiem Rust opening up and Static Amasses is in the middle. Still kind of waiting on a full confirmation from the- those two bands. But if everything goes the way I want it to, that's going to be the lineup and it's going to be at reno's the first one is august 26th
1: okay yep. how long has it been since you've done those like what uh six it's years been a little while right? six, six years. years okay
0: yeah okay. but it's got a very good i've gotten a very good response which i'm <clears throat> kind of surprised about to be quite honest with you i'm Right. I'm. I'm sometimes known to be the town villain. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that I just like to say or feel, but.
1: <laughs> well, also, it's it's just hard to get people to come out
0: these days too. Oh, especially I now, you know, post COVID. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It seems like it is tougher and tougher. Um, I mean, the last, the, the couple of the shows I did recently, I only did like maybe six as. Uh, Isle of Belial, my little solo project. And a few of those, it was literally just my wife and the staff there. That was it. Yeah, You know, there was there. I was just playing to nobody, you know. But it was still good practice, though, you know. Oh, yeah, stage
0: practice, dread yeah. practice.
1: Yep, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, and, and I, I know that if I just keep going, there will be some good shows in the future, too. You know, I'll get yeah. on some good builds. So you just can't stop. You know, you just got to keep on keeping on. I mean, I wish I would have learned that lesson a long time ago. I had like a 10-year gap of time where I just didn't play music. And you kind of touched on that earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was almost 10 years. It was probably more like eight or nine. I had an acoustic guitar, you know, and I would play and come up with stuff in my room and everything, but I wasn't like playing shows or anything.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't do it, it, man. Three years was hard, but the eight years, nine years, no way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had to like push myself back into it. And,
0: uh, but yeah, um,
1: well, you know, man, music, oh,
0: music, ahead. music for me, you know, I wasn't one of those guys that said, man, I'm going to get a guitar so I can get chicks. <laughs> I, I had a lot of demons growing up, a lot of demons. And playing music was therapy for me when I was a child. And oh, yeah. That is why yeah. I grabbed my first, you know, guitar. It so uh, was a flying V, Kramer flying V. It was my uncle's. That's what I learned on. You know, Floyd Rose Pimelo and but it had stock pickups and everything. But um, that's mm. why, that is why I got into music, because it, it gave me an outlet, you know. And to this day, I, that's the reason I... I do music is it's it's fun number one it's fun, and it's fun yeah. because I I'm pretty I'm okay at it I'm good enough at it, and um, it's a good relief you know I get a lot of my my anger and hatred out um <laughs> through my music you know I I've tried to write happy songs and I just can't do it <laughs> you know? I tried to write like Blink One Eighty Two shit I just I it just I can't. Everything I write just is—it comes out dark sounding, you know, dark and dreary, man. I love it, or heavy, you know, dark and dreary,
1: chill, or really heavy. Yeah, either one of those. Like, I don't really listen to that much happy music either. Like, I don't write a lot of happy music. I don't listen to a lot of happy music because, you know, like a lot of the times, it the the music that we listen to matches the emotions I'm feeling on the
0: inside. Oh, perfect, really, man. what's funny with me is I'm, I'm listening mm. to a lot of like old like R and B and shit right now. Like, uh, I don't even really listen to the bands. You know, like, dude, I was 18 when Anti Cross Superstar came out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was in the, I was right there. I was in, I was in the prime of when that whole thing exploded. And I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. And really, honestly, like, today, I I Mm -hmm. will throw on stuff for nostalgia purposes. And there is a band, an EDM band called Wolf Band that I like a lot. But Mm -hmm. really, honestly, I'm listening to, like, you know, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. You know, I'm listening to shit like that. Um, which I love. I mean, don't get me wrong, but it is kind of shocking because people do think that because of the music that I play, that's all I listen to. And it's no, you know, I'm, uh, I like, you know, a lot of different kind of stuff, you know, I'm not a big black metal fan. I'm not a big death metal fan. I, I like vocals that I can, uh. Feel and understand, and you know, have some kind of harmony, and just not really. Right. Into the, brr. The, the only exception that I make with that is early Skinny Puppy. You know, Um the way that, that stuff
1: is brutal. Yeah, yeah, they were so terrifying live back then. You know, oh, some yeah. of the stage the stuff they would have so bizarre. You know, nothing like it. Still, nothing like them.
0: Oh, I got my first Skinny Puppy CD when I was like 15, and I was just like, and, and the reason the reason I found it is because um, a friend of mine who's also not in this world anymore, he's not in this dimension anymore, um, he, uh, he had discovered ministry. Now, see, the thing you got to understand about me is I come from a small town, and although we were... 10 minutes from mesquite we were still two years behind mesquite you know what i'm saying like in my town you couldn't buy guitar world you had to go to mesquite to buy guitar world
1: wait a minute hold on a second i grew up in sunnyville i grew up in forney small world dude Mm -hmm. yellow jackets right uh jackrabbits oh i'm sorry the jackrabbits that's what it was the Raiders. Yeah. The Sunnyvale Raiders. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at, in Sunnyvale it was the same way. Like, you know, if I wanted to get Guitar World, you had to go up to like 80 in Galloway. Yep. Exactly. You know, head up to But you were, you were a bit further out though. Yeah. You a were bit. further out on 80. And Cross Forney the back then was, yeah. Forney back then was like nothing. I remember Forney at night back then was like a little scary. Oh, yeah. Like it was like, well, it got dark
0: there. Yeah. We, you know, it was, uh, my graduate, I graduated in 94 and my graduating class was 80 people.
1: That's probably why we didn't uh, run into each other. I, you were older, a little bit older than me. I was class of 2000. So I was about six years behind you. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Just a little bit
1: older. Just a little bit. Not much. <laughs> not much. I got plenty of gray going on here. No not yeah. worry. <clears throat> Um, I wanted to ask about the Torturers man. Mm-hmm. I had to ask about them, man. You got any anything juicy on that playing that show? That must have been interesting. I mean, that, it
0: was always a great show. It was always a lot of fun, and um, you know, I remember seeing Jenna Tortures as a as a teenager. So to be able to um get to open up the show for them or warm the show up for them, that's basically what it is. It's your your warm up band. Yeah. Um, but it was awesome because, you know, you got to see behind the scene stuff. You know, <clears throat> when I was a teenager, I seem to remember that they used to have, like, fake dildos and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I I gotta be honest with you, a lot of those shows, after we play, I was trashed. And, right. you know, I can't remember 100%. Um... Mm-hmm.
1: It's like that for me too, man. It's foggy. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: really is. Yeah, I right do know that Scott. they they were good people and nice people. They, you know, like when when we were doing sound check and everything, they would stand there and watch us do our sound check. And we opened for them several times, actually.
1: Right. Yeah. That's interesting. So they're actually like really nice folks. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. One, That's cool. One cool. of the funnest shows that that I really did. That, uh, was just kind of amazing to me to get to do, believe it or not, was Atari Teenage Riot. Okay. They, they, yeah. uh you know, they had that song "Let's Start the Riot" and it was like a Slayer riff they sampled, and it was that yep. fucking breakbeat, <laughs> you know, real that fast like- breakbeat. Yep. It, watching them on stage with the, this old, outdated gear, man, like they. Commodore fucking computers and shit on stage. I mean, they they had like abacuses on stage. I mean, it was like it was just like what the fuck? Damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was yeah. like man, this is crazy. Um, was like high energy. They were like high really high energy. Trees was yeah. packed. Everybody's jumping up and down. You know, mm. just intense. You know very intense
1: you mentioned uh push monkey earlier i love those guys push monkey was great
0: yeah i've got a flyer floating around here somewhere i don't remember that show really but i do have a flyer floating around here somewhere that says you know push monkey featuring so-and-so with false idol Um, nice i should find that and take a picture of it and throw it up on
1: facebook if I didn't have the benefit of a lot of our shows being videotaped, there would have been a lot of it that I probably wouldn't recall now. Yeah. For sure. Thankfully, thankfully my buddy Nathan always had the camera going. Yeah. yeah thank you, Nate.
0: That's nice, yeah. man. I wish I had that. Cause I, I, there's so many shows. and I, Now, you know, you can get on YouTube and search Razorblade Dolls, and you're going to find all kinds of stuff because, you know, with the Razor Blade, Yeah, like yeah. I, we used to uh, – Curtain Club was the only place that would let us do this. We used to have gore shows, and the singer he would cook a pig's head, make a bunch of fake Yeah, he would cook a pig's head, make a bunch of fake blood, put raw bacon in it, and he would chainsaw the pig head on stage, throw the brains and shit at the audience, throw all the fake blood. Then they loved it. You know, like razor blade dolls, we were we had a lot of momentum, man. We had a lot of momentum. People fucking loved us, you know, the, just the chemistry of all of us on stage together, talking about the original lineup, you know, and and uh, yeah. people just they loved us, they loved our stage show. The singer, Chris Smith, he he would reenact, uh, he would reenact different horror movies as our intro, like he did Hellraiser Two, you know, Julia coming out of the uh, mattress. Uh, he's, he did Reanimator. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
1: so, did I mean, y'all actually have a mattress up on stage where yeah, we actually did.
0: came out. And- yeah. We oh, cut a – we, we pulled all the inside. What's funny about that at that show, when we were done uh, after our set, we threw the mattress. You know, we were headlining and we threw the mattress out there by the dumpster and somebody caught the damn thing on fire, man. So, boom, <laughs> it was the big flames. But, you know, like it w- Trees, we played Trees in – uh, actually some mm-hmm. got some christian protesters out there for us and uh they didn't oh, like us yeah so that to us that course. was an accomplishment like we were like all right you know yeah,
1: um, yeah. the more controversy the better I oh mean, yeah probably
0: worked your favor yeah. we were probably the most obnoxious <laughs> band <laughs> um but people loved it man and and uh, you know uh, we had a lot of campiness to us, you know, we, we, we were kind of like this, uh, poor mm-hmm. industrial metal, you know? So it's like our industrial elements were kind of like horror sounding leads and John Carpenter-esque, you know, um, shit, um, but yep. with Lotus oh, Throat, Lotus Throat's a little more serious, so it's actually a lot more serious. Um, and we don't, with Lotus Throat, we don't, everything's real, you know, it's all emotions and we don't sing about religion or politics. We just,
1: uh-oh. We lost him. We'll wait a second see if we get him back. Oh, he might be jumping back in. there.
0: Hello? Can you hear me? Yep. Yep, Uh, What i was saying is, though, like, with the, you know, Razorblade Dolls, we did touch on religion and politics a little bit, but we also had songs that were based on horror movies, or, like, we had a song called They Kill, and that song is basically about um, us as a band being serial killers, and you better run from us, you know? Yeah. with Lotus Throat, it's a little more serious and we we use more, it's more of a mo- an emotional. Uh, I haven't written any lyrics for Lotus Throat. That's pretty much Ron does most of that. Razorblade Dolls, I did write some lyrics, like They Kill, uh, Fist Face, With Yourself. I wrote some courses to some random songs. I think Ron wrote the lyrics to The Wrists, um, which is the song that everybody loved. Um, and then of course, Smitty or Chris Smith, we called him Smitty. Uh, he, you know, did most of the lyrics for all the other stuff. But with Lotus Throat, it's it's mainly Ron. Uh, and Michael, like I said earlier, Michael's written this new song for Lotus Throat, and he's actually written the lyrics too. And me and Ron listened to it, and we we're both just like bad the fuck ass. And that's always kind of been my thing about being a musician, being in a band with someone, if someone bring something to the table that's good everybody has to like it and if we all like it we're gonna perform it for this person and i don't have to have any emotion i don't have to have any emotional link tied to this song because my homeboy does my, my brother does and i'm gonna play this song for him because that's what we're in a band for with each other for is to help each other out you know so, hell yeah!
1: Well said, man. Very well said, man. I think that's probably a good spot to go out right there. On we're right at about fifty awesome. minutes. So that was
0: a, that was very well now, let said, me ask dude. You a, let me ask you a um, question: Have you seen yeah, Have you yeah. seen Evil Dead Rise?
1: I have not yet, but I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. Like I love Army of yeah. Darkness, love Evil Dead One and Two. I love the show. Yeah, the Evil TV Dead. Show. Ash, versus, uh, Evil Ash Dead. versus Evil Dead. Dead. Yeah. So, uh, what about it? Yeah. Should I? Yes. Should I? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll take mm-hmm. your word on that. You seem like someone who would well, who knows here. what's up. So if you're, if you're telling me I should you check can it see out, this. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try that. What do we got? Oh yeah. Yeah. VHS original copy. See that? Nice. Sure oh man, yeah the box that is so cool oh i see the false idol yeah oh, that's that tape the, over the there? first version of, of false
0: falsetto? it's kind of it's kind of funny nice. because the songs that we put on there it was the <clears> song called Deathbed, a song called under the wrath of a song called christian vampire and a song called agony and as we were writing it down on a scratch piece of paper like what song are we going to use songs we're going to use. I said, well, Deathbed's got to be the first song. And the singer wrote Death. And then the bass player said, well, we got to do un- we got to do uh, Under the Wrath of's got to be second. And-, and the singer just wrote Under. And then I was like, well, then Christian Vampire's got to be third. And-, and the singer just wrote Christian. And then, well, Agony's fourth. And we looked at it, Death Under Christian Agony. And that was the title of the demo, Death Under Christian Agony.
1: Yeah. Wow. The- and that's the way you put yeah. that together. That it, is. Was, it
0: was pretty wild, man. <laughs> Imagine being seventeen. Yeah, I was cool. seventeen when that happened. Being seventeen and looking at that and being like, you know, it all just clicked. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, you.
1: I mean, I was going to say real quick before we go. Do you want to show off a few of those, are those old flyers and such, right there? I'm, I'm yeah. Well is there a you? way that I can? Is that like pull through? The view? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. That's okay. I'm not sure how to do it. Well, yeah, I'm so this... inexperienced. Can you see those?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one. Uh, oh, dolls are, opened cool. up for prophecy. Nice. I thought that was an old T-shirt design. And then of course you know we got us with our buddies in Rivethead, which we do have a show coming up with them July 29th at Reno's. Uh, Yeah, he he,
1: uh, when he referred to uh, Razorblade Dolls, he called it the uh, the Rivethead Razorblade Dolls. Yeah, we did have a romance,
0: man. Yeah, man, he spoke very uh, highly of.
1: Oh, that Screen. Yeah, I've uh
0: (laughs) Razorblade Dolls. We've got two songs in that movie yeah oh really yeah we got... okay i need to check yeah. that out and it's and it's uh doug bradley has a cameo uh, you know pinhead he has a cam- yeah he has a what? cameo in it and then the main star of the movie is nivik ogre from skinny puppy so i am so that was a pretty big accomplishment oh for me <laughs>
1: Yeah, dude, you're in a horror mm-hmm. flick, man. That's there's like, actually
0: a character. There's dude, actually a character so that gets killed, and he's wearing a razor blade doll's T-shirt too. So, man, yeah. <sighs> what's the title of it again? Park. I gotta
1: look that up. Screen, Screen
0: Park. Screen yeah. Park. Yeah, rent it.
1: Okay, all right. I'm gonna rent check rent because I get a
0: check every time someone. <laughs> I'll get it. Yeah. Really? Okay. Last year, right. man, you know how much I got yeah. off that movie last year? Fifty cents. How much? It's Twenty cents.
1: Like hey man, I got my first payday from DistroKid yeah. the other day. You know Five how bucks. much it was? Twenty three cents. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. That's that's why we make big bucks, bro. right? Yeah, yeah. No, we do it because we love it. That's right? why. That's I mean, it if I wanted right to there. make
0: money doing music, I'd have done hip hop or country or something.
1: Amen, dude. Yep. Yeah. that's right. All right, dude. Well, I'm so glad, man. Th- thanks for uh, talking to me, oh, yeah, me, with me for a, lot a little of fun. bit. That was really fun, dude. Absolutely, man. Yeah, good night. All right.